0: and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today uh, and spend a little time talking Islanders hockey, and thankfully we've got Good news to talk about, Islanders downing the Buffalo Sabres at the UBS Arena 4-1. We have our key takeaways and why this may have been the most complete game that the Islanders have played all season. We've also got a full preview of Saturday's New Year's Day matinee against the Edmonton Oilers and, of course, our Islanders' birthday of the day and a lot more. So, want to thank everybody for making Locked On Islanders your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. If you have something Islanders related on your mind, you have a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like us to talk about on the show, feel free to send us an email. The email address is LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am live-tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game, so uh, always great to interact with fans at all times, but especially during games, Get some instant analysis, share your opinion, and talk a little Islanders hockey. So check that out uh, Saturday afternoon when the Islanders and Oilers are going at it. The New York Islanders skate away with an impressive, solid 4-1 win over the Buffalo Sabres. And you know what? I'm, I, I can already tell there are going to be, you know, Okay, Ranger fans and, and skeptics and cynics and whoever else you may want to include in this list who are going to say, okay, yeah, 4-1, all that's very nice. But yeah, it was the Buffalo Sabres. And, you know, it was even a shorthanded version of the Buffalo Sabres. You know what? If anybody says anything like that to you, you stop them and you quiet them down. Because here's the deal. You got 82 games on your schedule. Yes, some of them are against better teams than others. Some of them are easier, some of them are harder. But good hockey teams take a game against a struggling team like the Buffalo Sabres, and they turn that into two points, and they do it in a convincing fashion. And you know what? That's just what the Islanders did. You got to play the games on your schedule. And those same doubters and cynics, when the Islanders were dealing with a 13-game road trip to open the season, and the Islanders were dealing with a roster ravaged by COVID, as they still are to a point. Uh, all, all of that, you know, they didn't take into consideration when the Islanders were struggling. Now that the Islanders came out and played a very strong game, all, all of a sudden, you know, you can't just say, oh, well, uh, it was only Buffalo. Take this. You play a, a tougher, more skilled Edmonton Oilers team on Saturday and build on it. But look, let's let's get right to it because there were a lot of good key takeaways from this game, and I want to get to all of them. Let's start in goal. Simeon Varlama, 36 saves, only lets up the one power play goal by Kyle Laposo. And you know that one, that one I kind of. I don't know if I can fully blame Varley, but he gave up a very juicy rebound on that one, and the defense didn't pick up Oposo, and the result was that the puck was in the net. But other than that, 36 saves, and to the Islanders' credit, again, many of the shots by Buffalo were from further away from the goal. They weren't high-traffic, dangerous, uh, prime scoring chances, but same... Varlamov, when he saw it, he stopped it. He did a darn good job, and I I, got to say, he was impressive. Let's go now to Noah Dobson. Dobson with a goal. Two, uh, Two points, goal and assist. He was a plus three. He was on the ice for all four Islanders' goals. And, you know... Dobson's level of confidence continues to grow. And on the Matthew Barzal goal, it was Dobson who did something that the Islanders need so badly. It was so encouraging to see Noah Dobson do this. It was Dobson's transition that set up this goal by Matthew Barzal. Dobson skated the puck out of the Islander zone. This is what Nick Letty did so effectively last year and prior to that for the Islanders, and it's been missing because Dobson wasn't quite ready to do it yet, confidence-wise and experience-wise, and the Islanders don't have another defenseman out of their regular top six who can do that consistently. But Dobson is stepping up, and it is so, so encouraging to see on that play, and then he fed Josh Bailey, who fed Barzal, and boom, the puck is in the back of the net. Dobson then scored the last goal for the Islanders in the third period, and again, just knowing when to pinch, knowing when to drive to the net or join the rush, Dobson's uh, maturation process a huge benefit for the New York Islanders. Let's go to Matthew Barzal, because Barzal has been outstanding, and he adds to his point scoring streak, playing with confidence. That first goal that he scored, yeah, okay, Dobson skated the puck out, made a rush, and then went to the net. Bailey made a good pass, but wow, what a finish by Barzal. And he had another really strong drive to the net before he scored the goal that was a thing of beauty even though he wasn't able to finish. Barzal, one goal, three points, a plus two, eight shots on goal, five of them in the first period. And the thing you knew in that first period, and I talked about that move he made that didn't result in a goal, then the goal, Barzal was aggressive but not overly aggressive. He did well with the puck, held on to it but didn't hold it too long and created time and space for himself and his teammates and he wasn't afraid to shoot the puck. Let me tell you something. If Matt Barzal takes eight shots on goal in a game, I would say it is an 85% chance the New York Islanders came out of that game with a win. Plain and simple. It was a great performance by Matthew Barzal. And then let's continue with this. Let's stick with the Bs. Kiefer Bellows, one goal. One assist, two points, plus one, three shots on goal. But again, with Bellows, you're seeing the confidence level. And you're seeing that this guy who's sort of built like a power forward, and power forwards take a little longer to develop, but he's beginning to realize what he can do with the puck. Now, after he scored the goal, he tried a similar move again, and it wasn't as smart it was an ill-advised move, did not result in in anything but a turnover. So he's gotta be aware of that. And I'm sure Barry Trotz will point that out to him in the film room. But Kiefer Bellows, we all know what he's capable of. And for the for a New York Islanders team that struggles to score goals, getting Kiefer Bellows out there on the ice on a day-in, day out basis would make a lot of sense for this Islanders team. We'll have some more key takeaways from this game. We'll have a full preview of Saturday's game against the Oilers and our Islanders birthday of the day. All that still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Built Bar. It's New Year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. And Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three of your resolution, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has 240 calories, give or take, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, in the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary and calorie-filled treats and replace them with built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you could almost count it as a workout. And there are so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, that's my favorite, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new, limited-time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That's promo code lock 15 for 15% off at Built.com. So some more takeaways from this game, and I got to say, I was very happy with the overall performance. You did not see a lot of turnovers uh, in the Islanders zone, and you didn't see members of the Sabres coming through the neutral zone with speed and setting up the rush You didn't see any of that. We talked about some of the Bs. Let's go on. One more B I definitely wanted to mention, and that's Josh Bailey. Look, Bales has struggled this season. We saw the the best version of Josh Bailey in the playoffs last year and in the playoffs the year before. But so far this season, we haven't seen the Josh Bailey that we want to see. The guy with vision, the guy with patience, the guy who makes better passes than any other player on this Islanders roster. Well, in this game, two assists for Bailey, and I think playing on a line with Matthew Barzal is a good thing for both Bailey and Barzi. Bailey can create and make plays whether he create, uh, well, whether Barzal creates room and allows Bailey to make a, a shot or a pass, or whether Bailey can get the puck to Barzal so he can use his speed and create in a situation where other players can't. I like this combination. I know it may be only temporary because of all the COVID cases and injuries and everything else, but for now, at least, I like Bailey with Barzal if, and it's a big if, Bailey is on his game he was uh, definitely on his game <clears throat> last night, and it showed. A couple of unsung heroes. How about Casey Sizikis? Uh, no points for the identity line. He did take one dumb penalty, but nine out of 13 in the faceoff circle. That's 69%. Austin Zarnick, five out of seven in the faceoff circle, and J.G. Pajot led the Islanders with almost 18 minutes on the ice and 12 out of 18 in the face-off circle. So, you know, one of the keys to this game was how well the Islanders did in the face-off circle, and it's one of those things you don't see right away unless you you go through the box score. But, hey, in this game, with a shorthanded lineup, this team got the job done, and it was wonderful to watch you had the goaltending, you had the solid team defense, you limited the chances for the opposition, you had Barzy and Bailey and, and uh, Bellows and Dobson all on top of their games, and it really paid off. A complete performance, something they can build momentum off of, and I am only hoping that that's what they'll do Saturday. Let's get to Saturday's game. Edmonton Oilers coming in. This is a team that is slumping right now. They are 18-12, and 18-12-0 and 0, through 30 games. But early in the season, this was a team that was winning and winning. And now, yeah, injuries, yeah, COVID. Every team can talk about that. They're struggling, though. And maybe the Islanders are catching them at the right time. Look, the goal scoring... Is still there. They're in the top 10, eighth in the league in goals scored, 21st in goals against. So defensively, they are not on top of their game. The power play is still the league's best, even though they have struggled a bit more in recent weeks, but 31.5% success rate. There's a lot of skill on this Oilers team, and the Islanders will have to play that strong defense that they know they could play. Ironically, the penalty kill has also been very good for a, an Oilers team that doesn't always play sound defense. They're eighth in the league with an eighty-two point six percent kill rate. Now, the Oilers lost their last game, which was Wednesday night in St. Louis. They lost four to two, and they're going to play Friday, New Year's Eve, uh, a matinee at. The ball at Newark at the Rock. So again, the Islanders will have a couple of advantages. The Islanders will have that extra day of rest. They are the home team as well, and you know they're going to face a team that's on a on a pretty long road trip. <coughs> Excuse me, and we will be playing a back to back. So hopefully they could take advantage of that. Miko Koskinen is the top goalie uh, for the Oilers. He's twelve. on the year, a 3-1-6 goals against and a 9-0-2 save percentage. Not exactly outstanding numbers, but look at the talent on this team. I'm going to just give you, you know, a couple of names. Leon Dry Dreisaitl, 50 points in 30 games, 24 of them goals. Connor McDavid, 50 points in 30 games only, and I'll put that in air quotes, 17 goals. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, 25 points in 29 games. Zach Hyman, 11 goals, 19 points in 27 games. There is a lot of talent on this team and a lot of players that you have to account for. So defense will be paramount for the New York Islanders in this one. We'll look at the line combinations again. This is uh, as of uh, Wednesday night. Connor McDavid is the number one center with Warren Fogle and Zach Hyman on either side of him. Seidel is the second line center with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Kyler Yamamoto on his wings. Derek Ryan is the third line pivot. Devin Shore and Colton Savoir are on either side of him. And Ryan McLeod centers Brendan Perlini, and Kyle Turris as the fourth line. Defensively, some familiar names here as well. Duncan Keith and Cody Ceci are the top pair. Slater Kokok and Tyson Barry are the second pairing, and Dmitry uh, Samorakov and Evan Bouchard are the third pairing. Now, again, Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen are the two goalies be interesting to see whichever one plays against New Jersey tomorrow or today by the time this podcast goes up. Uh, will probably not face the Islanders on Saturday. As far as the injury situation, Edmonton, like every other team in the league, dealing with a lot of them Oscar uh, Clefbum and Chris Russell are on the IR. Jesse Bajarvi uh, is on COVID. Darnell Nurse. COVID, William Laguson, COVID, Zach Cassian, COVID. So whether or not any of those players will be back in time for Saturday's game, that remains to be seen. But a challenge coming up for the New York Islanders, their defense is going to have to play well. And hopefully that's what they're going to be able to do. If they can hold Edmonton to... Three goals or less. Three goals or less. <coughs> Excuse me. They should have a very good chance of winning this hockey game. I think it'll be uh, Sorokin in goal because Varlamov played uh, last night. And that means that uh, you know Sorokin hasn't played in quite a while because of you know, the, the, the holiday break that was extended with a few games canceled before and a few games canceled after. But overall, the Islanders looking like this is a, the right time to face the Oilers, and now they really need to take advantage of a team that is sort of back on their heels a little bit. Time to do it. This, this team is capable, very capable, of putting together a nice win streak. And now it's time for them to go and actually do it. They can and they must if they hope to get back into the playoff hunt. And we'll see what they're able to do. When we come back, we'll have our Islanders birthday of the day and a lot more. So stay with us. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. Bet Online remi- remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKED ON. That's one word, LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. Yes. BetOnline.ag will give you free money to use to bet on-site, that 50% welcome bonus, just because you listen to the Locked On Islanders podcast. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season and 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet Online where the game starts. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. We are one day late, but uh want to wish a very happy uh 56th birthday to former Islanders winger Mike Stevens. Stevens, only briefly an Islander, uh, the Kitchener, Ontario native. Drafted in the third round of the 1984 draft by the Vancouver Canucks, made his debut with the Canucks in 84 85, six games played there. Went on to play for the Bruins briefly, and then became an Islander in 1988 89. Played nine games with the Islanders, scored a goal, and had 14 penalty minutes. Later, played for the Maple Leafs briefly, and spent the rest of his career in the minors and then in Germany where he played through the end of the 2003-2004 season. Uh, 23 career NHL games, uh, basically, and nine of them came with the Islanders. For Mike Stevens, one goal, five points, 29 penalty minutes. And we're going to go back and look at his best game with the Islanders, November 29th, 1988. This one at the Joe Lewis Arena in Detroit. So the Islanders going with Billy Smith in goal. The Red Wings counter with Greg Steffen, and it was the Red Wings getting on the board first. Steve Iserman, his 24th from Gerard Gallant and Paul McClain at 333. Islanders trailing early. This game was physical and rough, and we'll talk a little bit about that a little later on. Detroit goes up 2 to nothing. Later on in the period, Mick Vakoda received an instigator penalty for a fight with Jim Pavisi and Paul McClain, his 12th from Iserman and Gallant, 2-0 Red Wings, Islanders in a 2-0 hole after one period. That goal came at 14:42. In the second period, though, our Islanders' birthday of the day, Mike Stevens turns things around for the Isles. He gets his first career NHL goal from Ken Morrow at 438, Islanders cut the deficit to 2-1. To Steve Iserman makes it 3-1 Red Wings, his 25th from Gerard Gallant at 1238. And then Adam Graves gets his 6th for Detroit. Tim Higgins and Rick Zombo aisles down 4-1, but they mount a comeback. Brent Sutter, his 6th from Ken Morrow at 225 in the third period. That makes it a uh, a two-goal game, and then Brian Trottier cashes in on a power play opportunity at, with Tim Higgins in the box for tripping. Trottier's eighth from Miko Makala and Pat LaFontaine at seventeen twenty-one, and all of a sudden, it's a 4-3 game. Islanders only down by one. They pulled the goalie, but couldn't quite pull it out. Gerard Gallant, an empty netter, his 11th from Steve Igerman at nineteen thirty-five. Islanders fall 5-3 to three in this game uh, at the old Joe Lewis Arena. But look, uh, for our Islanders' birthday of the day, Mike Stevens, one goal on his only shot. He was a plus one, and this was the first and only career goal for uh, Mike Stevens, and uh, a special moment for him even if the Islanders did fall short. So again, Mike Stevens, 56 years old on Thursday. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. This game Saturday for the Islanders is an important one. We've talked on this show about the importance of the Islanders putting a streak together. This is how you do it. You beat a team like Buffalo. You take advantage of a team that's struggling a little bit and on a long road trip like Edmonton, and all of a sudden, you know, you get that 3-0-1 streak or that 5-1-1 and streak where you keep picking up points and you get back into the playoff hunt. And I'll tell you, if the Islanders continue to play the way they did Thursday night at home against Buffalo, they can beat anyone. Yeah, Buffalo's not a great team right now, but you play that kind of hockey, you can beat anyone. It was good to see Kyle Oposo get a goal. Uh, if anyone on Buffalo had to score, and Kyle is playing some great hockey as of late. So that was good. A poso, a class act, good guy. And, uh, you know, just great to, uh, to see him healthy and playing well again. It, it, it was definitely an encouraging sign for the Islanders. Thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We'll be back on Monday. We'll have our key takeaways from the game against Edmonton. We'll have all the latest injury and COVID updates. And, of course, uh, we will start previewing next week's games as well. Now, make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Hey, I want to wish everyone a happy and a healthy new year. Let's hope that 2022 is a lot better than the last couple of years have been. Have a safe but fun New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Have a great one. Enjoy the Islander game Saturday. And of course, let's go Islanders.